Welcome to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Now put aside everything you think you know about business practices today and stay right here for the next hour as you're sure to find some surprises and wisdom to help you play the business game right. Now, here is your host, Peter Feinstein. Welcome to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. If, uh, if you've ever been afraid of losing out on business because you don't seem to understand the rules, you've come to the right radio show. Business Rules with me, Peter Feinstein, tackles the nuts and bolts of business from down in the trenches with you. Each week, we look at business from people who have lived it, learned it, and uh, continue to relearn it and relive it. Um, you know, sometimes they, uh, they repeat the same mistakes over and over, and so the learning process is somewhat slowed, and I can, I can attest to and raise my hand that there are things that I have repeated time and again, and I think to myself, it's like, gosh, I know better. Why am I not doing better? And, um, you know, and, and a lot of that comes from, um, well, there are a number of different sources, and, uh, um, but if you were to listen to my guest, and this is our third installment, uh, Kenny Weiss, um, you would come to understand that a major contributing factor, and it deserves a salute, <laughs> is trauma. So the past two weeks, we've spent quite a bit of time talking about trauma, and, wow. um, and we're, not going to, uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time specifically on trauma and its, uh, and its componentry today. Um, instead, this show and, uh, and next week's show are going to be focused more on the solution, which is really where uh, the journey in Kenny's book, Your Journey to Success, um, takes us. Um, so, you know, our conversation with Kenny continues. And uh, if this is your first time listening, uh, we'll make sure that joining is easy and painless. So here's just a little bit of a, a little bit of a thumbnail. Kenny's written a how-to book, uh, for lack of a better sure. a, a better a better phrase, you know, two quick words or a hyphenated word. Um, it's based on his own life's trauma experiences and breaking free of their death grip. It's lessons on how to live a more mindful life, how to recognize when you're doing, uh, when what you're doing is reliving that worst day cycle of your life, no matter what form the circumstances are. And, um, and the circumstances, uh, you know, to hear uh, Kenny uh, talk about it, read about it, and relate it to my own personal experience can show up in myriad forms. This yeah. is not something where it's like, yeah, learned it, one, done, yeah. boop. You know, I mean, there's, there's opportunity um, almost ceaselessly to recognize the different forms that, uh, that reliving that worst day cycle will crop up. And, um, you know, on some level, it is a royal pain in the butt. <laughs> Kenny's got the Cheshire grin working for me. <laughs> it's hard to see ourselves authentically for the first time. Oh, my gosh. It hurts so badly. That's who I really am. <laughs> really? Again? Oh, my gosh. Um, but there is, there is a peace that comes with the clarity and the understanding of how we hurt ourselves and what we can do, the things that we can do to set ourselves free, um, you know, at least in the moment. And, uh, and there is nothing more precious nor more powerful than that which happens right now. 
um, you know, what happened five seconds ago, even if it was peaceful and beautiful, um, doesn't hold a candle to the the peace that I can feel right now, or you know, quite uh, you know, quite frankly, sometimes the pain and the mm-hmm. discomfort. Um, so you know, stick around, listen here, and um, I would say uh, get ready because we're uh, we're about to go for a a pretty fun ride, Kenny. Um, for the people who are joining us for the first time, and it may be you or you or you, um, give us the, the the short version intro or the long version intro. I mean, heck, sure. your show, run with it. <laughs> <laughs> of myself or? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, just like everybody, I've hurt my whole life. We all have. And nobody's really given us answers. We don't take classes or get education. And luckily, I just had an instinct and an interest to know you know, what was going on with me. And, and, you know, as I said in the other shows, I found the the biggest trauma I had was, or that I remember most devastating was finding my mom passed out naked on the toilet. She was an alcoholic. I was like 10 years old. And I became a multiple addict, uh, just about all of them. Um, Played pro sports I didn't want to play. Um, Had two horrific divorces, child custody battles, bankruptcy. Um contemplated suicide and that's a normal life for most people like that's you know think about it yeah i mean that's 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 our general life story yeah well we aren't taught that we don't have to live that way and and we aren't taught that our brain and body sets us up to live that way that the way it's designed has us recreating that trauma over and over it's not just a thought you know a lot of the people in this thing oh change your thoughts well (laughs) <laughs> we've all done it. We've all sat there. Think positive. Come on. It doesn't work. Well, we don't know why. And so there's some things in this book that I tackled that I just haven't heard other people tackle. And they, they offer the solution as to why that doesn't work and what we do need to do that, um, you know, a lot of the stuff I've stolen, just like everybody else who writes a book. That's <laughs> what we all do. You know, I don't care even, you know, Tony Robbins, anybody. We all steal from everybody. And then we, we hopefully discover something and add on top of it. And I'm not ashamed. I let you know in part of the book, look, you need to read this book from these people. I don't know that any author's ever done that too. As I, I, that's part of the work is you, you have yeah. to go read this stuff because they're brilliant. And you need this information to put into place and in, in action all the other ideas, you know, the new ideas that I offer. Um, and so it's... There's just a level of information we don't teach in school or any avenue, and it's not that we're bad or incapable. We just need the information. And so that's what I tried to do is, you know, I kind of found some things I hadn't seen other people talk about, and they helped me get out of what I was in, and it was time to share it. That's cool. In addition, by the way, to being an author, um, you're a speaker. Yeah. And a coach. So yeah. it's something where, you know, you not only talk about it and speak about it, but you work it. Yeah. And, uh, and I think yeah. that's, uh, that's, there's, you know, there's, um, there's a great cyclical, cyclical nature to that. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, it's a process of, you know, building on the positive to build on the positive to build on the positive. Yeah. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't take a step back every once in a while and uh, and get to recognize. Um, it's like, wow, that's another form of that crap yeah. that I'm that I'm having to address with. It's like, okay, so so that's how this shows up here. Yeah. Um, See, and that's 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 the other misnomer is 
I don't know if it's a personality trait myself, but I, I never see it as a step back. All my addictions, all my other things, they were steps forward because all they were doing was exposing to me, me. Yeah. And so that's, that's part of the problem is we see everything as a problem because that the reason we do that, and this is how the cycle works, is it makes us the victim. It gives us the power we lost in the trauma. And so if I see it as bad, I can co-opt everyone in to fix it for me and feel sorry for me. Well, yeah, wallow in the self-pity. It, it works. Yep, totally. But it doesn't work. That's the problem. And But that's the mechanism we have in place. That's what we're all taught is go that route. And all it does is perpetuate what we're stuck in. And so when I so-called go back... I'm like, literally, when something, what most people would call is bad in my life, you know, yep. a bad situation, my instant reaction is, okay, where is it? There's a gift here. I'm missing it. Yep. What do I need to look for? Because it's right in front of me. It's, it's actually, I mean, I set you up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> because, because I know exactly what you're saying, and I'll, I'll share a story with you and, 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 and the listener. Um, that was for the listener, by the way. Yeah. Um, it's something where I was at a retreat this weekend, and we were talking about different things, and we were talking about plateaus. Yeah. And um, plateaus in recovery and getting to a certain point and then realizing that there's more. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, really early in recovery, when I got to a place of peace of mind, it's something where, you know, I thought to myself, yeah, this is cool. And it's, you know, it would be great if we were on TV because then people could see me turning to my left and hitting and looking at this now wall and looking up and realizing, oh, that's what's next. Yeah. And, and that's all that life is. Yeah. It's just a series of what's next. Yeah. And, and for me, it's something where I ceased being afraid of it when it's something when I realized it's like, it doesn't have power to hurt me unless I give it the power to hurt me. And I no longer give it, I, I, I no longer give my permission. Yeah. I'm not perfect at that. Okay. So if someone says, oh my gosh, that sounds so good. I need to be there. It's like, yeah, you don't need to be there. Okay. Um, that's the work of a lifetime. Yeah. There are moments when I feel uncomfortable and in pain, yeah. and I'm not a happy camper. Um, but the fact is, I do remember and work at remembering yeah. what it is that's, okay, there's something to this that I'm not connecting with. Yeah. What is it? And it's that process of looking. Well, the, the, the misnomer when you do what I do is I'm perfect. <laughs> <laughs> right? I Wait, got it all figured get, out. Get I got out all of the my, answers. Get out of my head. You know, I'm, I'm you know, the, the, whether it's Wayne Dyer, whoever it is, I'm, I'm some sort of God now. Uh, I found the golden answer and, and, you know, Eckhart Tolle or whatever, if I just have eternal peace. And um, I have moments like that. The difference, is, I'm still a train wreck. Yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. I, I, I'm okay with it. Like, you know, I love, it's my favorite quote that I don't know, it just actually is how it works for me. I, when clients, I just get clarity when people ask me questions, everything goes away and I just see the answer. And I don't know, a client was in and it's, something came up and, and I just said, you know, when you learn to forgive yourself, they can't hurt you with it anymore. Yeah. And it just hit me of, yep, that's the difference is although I'm still a train wreck, I'm okay with it. Whereas I, yeah. most of us, that's what we're fine. Don't let anyone know I'm a train wreck. Right. Well, I, yeah. Obviously. I, so that, that's <laughs> the piece. So when I have my dark days or I have my bad days where I'm hurting, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. 
Let's shift gears. Okay, this is completely out of the left field. It will be. It, I mean, it is, it is a total non sequitur. Um, if you had to describe the color yellow to a person who's been blind from the day they were born, how would you do that? I know. Yellow. <laughs> Red, um, blue, green. <laughs> well, what I think about is yellow is sunny and bright. And so if they can't see, I would think about what I'd say to someone who's, who's blind is what makes you feel happy? When you, what do you touch that makes you feel happy? What do you feel, hear, smell? Tell me something like that that creates a warmth in your heart, a warmth in your skin, um, a calmness, a peace. What are those things in your life, in your life experience, that generate that? Because when I think of yellow, I think of the sun. I, that's what I think of is warmth, peace, um, happiness, things like that. And so I would try, you know, to, as you know, we've talked about everything's about emotion. So I'd find what emotions elicit those colors in their life. Gotcha. Cool. I like that. I like that. Using the other, uh, the other four tactile senses, exactly. senses and the emotional component yeah. that ties in with it. Because even us, when we see something, all we're seeing is an emotion. Right. Our emotional reaction to it, but we don't, we haven't taught that, you, but we aren't really aware. But think about it. Think about it. anything you do the rest of the day. You're going to critique it based on what you feel. Yeah. Yep, exactly, exactly. And then the, the thoughts flow forward exactly. from that. Yeah. So the last show, we dug uh, really deep into uh, the worst day cycle. Today we're going to do um, a, little bit, uh, a little bit different stuff. Um, we're going to set fear aside okay. um, in most respects. And instead, we're going to talk about success. So give me a sense of what success looks like in your mind? Okay. Well, I told that story in the book of, you know, for the bike ride there and, and, you know, I fell, I was at an intersection waiting for the light to change and, you know, my feet are clipped in and one is in, I'm leaning and for whatever reason, I decided to lean towards the side where my foot's clipped in and I just fell and, you know, there's cars everywhere and I'm an octopus in a tree flailing, <laughs> trying to get myself up. Luckily, I got up just as the light turned. I started pedaling through, and I got this massive rush of just spine-tingling awareness. And I went, oh, my God. I didn't once even consider embarrassment. I didn't get up. What do we normally do after something like that? We look at the bike. We fix something. Like, there's something wrong. It's not me. It was outside of me, right? We're, <laughs> we're in nothing but shame and embarrassment. And, and it never Cross, as I'm pedaling through, I went, oh, my God. It never even crossed my mind. I just got back up. And I went, that's success. And I started pedaling, and I'm like, well, anyway, I go back to the house, and I pull up the definition. Well, the definition of success is opulence, wealth. It's all about acquiring things. I'm like, that's not right. And it's the way, the way I work because of the trauma I've been. I have to leave things alone, and, and then it comes up. And so it was a week or two later, I... I went back in and I looked at the definition again and I happened to scroll down further and I saw the Latin root and it's succedere. And it's a, and the, the definition of success is to come close after. Well, we bastardized it into, you have to acquire something. I mean, you look at social media, everything it's about yeah. status, the corner office, all these things. That's what we call <laughs> success. But what happens? What does everyone say? Who gets it? I'm freaking miserable because it's not success. 
what I did in that moment was I just came close after another, not even failure, but every step I take every day gets me closer. Life's a process. It's not a destination. Right. So what success to me is, is peace. Regardless if I do the stereotypical American version of success, I acquire something, or I'm in the depths of my addiction, I accept myself and I'm at peace. That's success. All the outside accoutrements come when you find that nobody teaches us. And that's kind of what my, that's another sub context to my book is teach you how to find that. That's awesome. We're, uh, we're coming up to our first break and it's actually a really good spot for us to jump off from because when we come back, we're not only going to talk about how people can maybe utilize your experience and how they can integrate that into their own experience. Sure. But then we're going to flip it around a little bit and talk about the power of becoming comfortable with our darkness. And you touched on that yeah. with, you know, with your, in your addictive cycle. We've got a two minute break. We'll be back. Stick around. Don't stop listening because success is right around the corner. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com What if you could save 55% or more on your TV advertising? We're Higher Power Marketing, and we can probably save you at least 55% on your TV ad buys. Don't believe me? That's okay. Just go to hpowermarketing.com and see and hear real success stories from real clients. Then ask us to show you how we can save you money too. Go to hpowermarketing.com. That's hpowermarketing.com. Exceptional media for less. That's hpowermarketing.com. If you think half of your company's advertising is working, but you're not sure which half, we can help. We're Higher Power Marketing, and we help our clients identify which advertising works and which is wasting their money. And then we fix what's broken so they can get more bang from their advertising buck. If you're not sure which half of your advertising is working, call Higher Power Marketing for help at 800-300-9124. That's 800-300-9124. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're tuned in to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Reach out to us with questions and comments at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect with Peter via email. The address is businessrules at hpowermarketing.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. My guest today, this week, um, third week in a row, Kenny Weiss, um, speaker, author, coach, and, um, you know, really well put together dude who gets it on a number of different levels. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's something uh, really cool and miraculous about people who connect with, um, with how they are wherever and whenever they are. And, uh, and it's something where in the last segment, Kenny was talking about the fact that, you know, he's, he's grown peaceful or learned to be at peace regardless of what it is that's going on. And, um, and before the break, we talked about the fact that maybe we would, uh, we would actually invite Kenny to talk about how, uh, how you as the listener might be able to integrate that aspect of peace into your life. So I'm going to, I'm going to pose the question to Kenny. It's like, um, you know, how can someone cultivate that kind of um, uh, success, for lack of a better term, um, you know, in the midst of uh, whatever it is they're feeling? How can they work at recognizing that? Well, there's a process that, that, you know, my book talks about that, you know, gives you the steps of how to do that. It, it's a, it, there's a couple things. One, it's an awareness. You have to be aware that you're setting up all your discomfort. Nobody else is, ever. I don't care what happened to you. You got cheated on. You got shot, whatever. You set it up. Wait, a bullet just went through my hand. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> some. But the, what was it? At 2 o'clock in the afternoon, all the choices you made throughout the day put you in that spot yeah. to be there. Yeah. And, and that's the toughest piece because we have such a victim-oriented culture where it's everybody else's fault and everyone has to fix it for me. That's one of the toughest pieces to accept is, you know, so there's, there's an awareness of how you're setting it up. Then there's an admission that you're setting it up, which can be the toughest part. And in that admission, you recognize what we all have. We all have a darkness. We all have a peace we don't want to admit about ourselves. Um, it's universal. It's part of the human condition. It's not just certain people who are serial killers. It's... It's Mother Teresa. It's everybody. And the secret to me is finding that. We're told to do the opposite. Most of the things we're taught, we're told to live in the opposite. My book shows you basically the opposite way to live, and that's where the answer is. And so when you the, the power of seeing your darkness is it's that quote. When you learn to forgive yourself, they can't hurt you with it. So when people go, you're a blank or you're – I'm like, yeah. Tell me something I don't know. It's like, yeah, no, that's me. <laughs> yep. And, but, but bigger than that, it's, that's outside esteem. That's looking outside of me of your opinion of me matters. What, Matt, what gives us peace is our opinion of ourselves. Yeah. And until we can see all of ourselves and admit all of our imperfections and our darkness and all these things, we can't have it. And so it's critical for you to have Suchetere, 
in your life that you see your darkness. And that's the biggest thing people want to stay away from. So it sounds to me like <clears throat> if I don't make pride the, um, the cause of my self-esteem, but instead let my self-esteem diffuse whatever, um, whatever needs I feel to be prideful, which, you know, self-esteem is, is from inside, pride comes from outside mm -hmm. to me. Um, then I've got a way better, a way better shot yeah. at, uh, at, at remaining at peace. Yeah, and the difficulty is people just throw the terms out. Yeah. Self-esteem. Well, how do I generate it? Well, that's what I did. I showed, here's how you generate true self-esteem. Here's the difference between other esteem and self-esteem. And so you can look at my book and go, okay, when I do these things, oh, so that's what outsider other esteem is. This is what generates self-esteem. Oh, okay, I go do this. Well, you start generating that feeling because that's how we operate. It creates a neural power. I don't want to get into the science, but that's what we're, we're, that's the shift we have to make. So that's how you start shifting into that peaceful place. And along that process, there are going to be lessons that will show you your darkness. And the key is, is when they show up, the book also teaches you how to deal with them and face them and get through them. And I haven't seen that done before. So how does someone really recognize their own darkness? Uh, well, that's all about denial. Um, no. We, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> uh, just, I just teed it up there. <laughs> so you had to. I, I deserve that one. Um, but we won't see all of it until we've um, – there are many layers before it. Yeah. Because for us to see it all right away would be too big. And we, we don't have the tools. And that's what my book, my book, like I, I keep saying, it's a 10 to 15 year process because of the layers, the way our brain works and the way it will slowly drop layers of denial to allow you to see yourself and go, oh my God, I didn't even notice that about me. I had been working my recovery and, and spent in over a 10 year period, seven years with a counselor working my butt off. It wasn't until my 12th or 13th year that I went, oh my God, there's my darkness. It took me years before yeah. I had had enough <clears throat> life, outside, life experiences that were waiting for me, but also levels of me facing myself and learning about myself and sitting in critical thought and all these things before I was able to see the, what I call, at least up to this point, maybe there's something I'm not aware of yet, but up to this point, the main culprit that kept me in sheer pain nonstop. Yeah. And that to me is the darkness that I know so far. I'm open to the possibility that I might have more that needs to be uncovered. And if that's the case, God bless it. I can't wait because of what this has brought me. What's the payoff for the dark things that we do? The payoff? Well, we think the payoff is control. We think it's power. We think it keeps us safe. That's what you know, the shame portion of the cycle is about is why yeah. we victimize ourselves and all the, we're trying to control everyone and everything so we don't hurt yet everything we're doing keeps us hurting it's the opposite we're we live our lives literally in the opposite almost daily literally when people talk to me i turn almost everything they say around because i know they don't know 
that what they really mean is the opposite. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and he was saying that, you know, I, I, I really seek to do this. I mean, I'm afraid of these things, yeah. these things happening. And then he recounts for me exactly. some of the yeah. things that he does during the course of the day. And I'm sitting there, and I asked him, I said, so you do, of course, see that everything you're doing yeah. is attracting mm-hmm. all of the things you most fear yeah. as going to happen. Yeah. And, and he was... You know, he had this 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 momentary mm-hmm. blank yeah. expression, and then it dawned on him, and he was like, "Holy cow!" Yeah. And it's like, so, you know, all you need to do, and it sounds kind of trite, is you know, is let go of some of these things so that you can behave and act differently. See, and that was, a, I, you know, 12 step recovery because of my alcoholism, I did the 12 steps and, I, you know, even sex addiction did the 12 steps and I kept hearing that let go. I just never understood it. Well, that's really, my, my book talks about the process of how to do that. Yeah. I, I, that was the problem with AA and stuff is I love the big book. I love all of it, but some of it in, in a lot of self-help or success books, there are those catchphrases. But they don't describe the process. And that was the big thing. I'm like, here's how you do it. Uh, that was important to me. And so I showed this is the steps of how you let go, how you can, because to let go, you have to confront how you self-victimize and how you're in denial. So you're pursuing your darkness as opposed to going, no! Exactly. But but the more you avoid it, the more you set it up, the more you ingrain the darkness. Right. But we don't know that because yep. no one t- has told us that that's what we're doing. And, and here's the steps we take to do it. So I show you the steps you're taking that are setting up your own darkness. And then I show you how to uncover those steps and then the the steps that to now okay here's how you once you've seen your darkness you turn the other corner as well so it's it's not just the catchphrases it's so, the detail so everything that i build up walls to protect myself from actually serve as knocking boards for that stuff to keep on wrapping on it. Yeah, you're building a coffin. Yeah, exactly. It's what we build. We build coffin. Denial is the single greatest killer in this world. It's what kills all of us. And our attempt to protect our self-victimization and our victimhood and our denial of how we're the problem and all that that's what kills us. Not, that's what generates poor health, disease, physical injury. And until you address that, that's, that's where you're headed. Yeah, I, I, I see that really, uh, I see that really clearly. And, uh, and I, I, I get that from your book, um, yeah. which it's, I mean, it's, it's critical stuff to be able to talk about and to get out there and for people to practice. It's that, you know, it, the theoretical is fine. Um, but if you don't ask yourself the questions and go on the journey yeah. um, and take those, take those steps, um, you end up getting stuck. Yeah. And, and getting stuck kind of sucks. It's, um, it's, it's the pain of the darkness without any hope of light yeah. on the other end. Here, I wanna, here's something else is finding your darkness is spiritual. I didn't put this in the book. But think about it. If, if you believe in a God or God, whatever it is, yeah. um, what do they say? God's perfect and God's created everything, right? Well, God created the devil, right? He was the perfect angel. Isn't that what he said? But he got full of himself, right? So he got banished. So 
What does that mean? That means the devil is God's darkness, but it's his perfection. And so what's the reconciliation is when God meets his darkness. That's what I mean of until we, even God, even the spirituality of it is he's broken too. <laughs> but that's his perfection. Yeah. And, and so that, that was, I had that realization on an, in an airport. I just went, oh my God, just flooded me. Whoa, wait a minute. I like, I'm really onto something here, you know, and I'm <laughs> yeah. not a biblical scholar, but I know enough to know, wait a minute, these are central tenants. I've got, this is, this is true. Think about that. So that's all we're meeting is the, is the, the Trinity in us or the God in us is that's that darkness is our salvation. You know, I'll have to think about that. That one takes a while to, to, yeah, that's what I mean. My, some of the stuff, it takes a while to chew on because yeah. you have to really sit in it and, and you start to go, wow. Yeah. I hadn't even considered that. Yeah. Cause see, I consider the devil just to be, um, my brain, mm. not my mind. Yeah, but, but who who generates the brain? Who's the generator part of? Is it outside of you or inside of you? Um, yeah. And see if it's outside. My, if someone else is controlling it, that allows us to play the victim. My my brain is a gosh. See, then we can blame. You see how if it's the devil? No, no, no. It's it, believe me. The, my brain is sure. my my brain is me. My mind is um, a greater consciousness. Okay. Um, Gosh. But we create both. No, no. The mind is of God. My brain is human. And and and, gosh. Okay, so we'll get it. We okay? What? Well, that's a whole different show. <laughs> it, it, is, it, is a, it, it is a completely that different is show. theoretical hour with Peter Feinstein. Oh my gosh, we will, we, that would be a great conversation. It, actually, <laughs> we may we may do that next. You just you know just never know. Um. But back to darkness yeah. and back to the devil. <laughs> I think of Flip Wilson and everything of the devil. Like, yeah, the devil made me do it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, you know, in, in, in two minutes or less, what's your take on defeating darkness? As in how to do it or um, specifically? Yeah, just, just yeah. go right at it. Go right at it. Become an expert in it. Go right at it. Do the opposite of what we're taught. Almost everything we're taught in life, do the opposite. So wave the red flag. Yeah. Invitation. Become an expert in it. Wake up every day and go, where is it? Show it to me. I'm open to seeing it today. Ah, open. Yeah. So quickly... And I don't know that we'll come back to it after the break. Uh, we might. Um, it's the difference between recognizing can't versus won't. Yeah. Because can't is outside of me. Won't is, yep, everything is my flipping responsibility. Welcome to life. Yeah. And, and I would add to that joy. Because if you wake up and you go, totally. where is it today? Yep. Where is it today? That's what I started. That was part of my process is fear is a big piece. And I'd go, all right, what am I afraid of today? Let's look for it. And, and so I just went looking for it 
And yeah. so I could see it in me. Yep. We have a minute till our break. So I want to take that minute and give it to you to tell people where to find you. Sure. Um, phone number 480-729-3270. My website is www.coachkennyweiss.com. The last name is spelled W-E-I-S-S. LinkedIn, it's Kenny Weiss. Facebook, it's Kenny Weiss. Uh, Instagram, it's Kenny Weiss Coach. YouTube channel, it's either Kenny Weiss or Kenny Weiss Life Coach. And then um, you can find my book on Amazon, basically anywhere online. And it's called Your Journey to Success, How to Accept the Answers You Discover Along the Way. Awesome. When we come back, we're going to take on one of the most powerful words in um, our language. Um, and it's just two letters. But that's two minutes away. And that's not T-O. It's T-W-O. Stay here. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What if you could save 55% or more on your TV advertising? We're Higher Power Marketing, and we can probably save you at least 55% on your TV ad buys. Don't believe me? That's okay. Just go to hpowermarketing.com and see and hear real success stories from real clients. Then ask us to show you how we can save you money, too. Go to hpowermarketing.com. That's hpowermarketing.com. Exceptional media for less. That's hpowermarketing.com. If you think half of your company's advertising is working, but you're not sure which half, we can help. We're Higher Power Marketing, and we help our clients identify which advertising works and which is wasting their money. And then we fix what's broken so they can get more bang from their advertising buck. If you're not sure which half of your advertising is working, call Higher Power Marketing for help at 800-300-9124. That's 800-300-9124. Become a member of voiceamerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're tuned in to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Reach out to us with questions and comments at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect with Peter via email. The address is businessrules at hpowermarketing.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Um, We're two episodes, not two episodes, two segments in. Third one here. And um, as we came out of the last segment... um, I told you that we were going to hit on uh, one of the most powerful and compelling words in the human language, and it was a two-letter word. So 
we're here, and the uh, the two letters in the English um, alphabet, the American, no, the English alphabet, American. Oh my gosh, <laughs> did I just say that? Oh my goodness, everyone is going to Facebook me on that. Yeah. <laughs> the letters are N O. Mm. And I know for a fact <laughs> that you've got a story that will take us there and beyond. So, Kenny, talk to us about no. Yeah. I, the most destructive, in my opinion, the most destructive word in the English language when it comes to relationships, even business, is yes. Think about every movie, TV show, book, love song you've ever heard. It's all about sacrificing everything. And, oh, that's love. It's give everything up. Well, that's a bunch of baloney. That's a manipulation. And here's, here's the test. If you've ever turned to somebody and said, I've been doing A, B, C, and D for you. When will you do X? Whether that's a business partner, a colleague <laughs> at work, a spouse, whatever. Then you used a yes. Sure, I'll do that for you, honey. To manipulate out that you, what you wanted was your own yes over here. That's not love. Yet that's what we're taught. That's why the marriage divorce rate is over 50% because of that model of, oh, I'm, I'm so loving you. I give you so much baloney. You manipulate so much and then you don't get what you want. And then you point the finger at the other person and blame them when the truth is you gave yourself away. <laughs> really? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I have no experience in that at all. Yeah, that's my whole life. I mean, I tell some great stories of, you know, examples of when I said yes and how destructive it is. Tell us. Well, the, the one in the book is um, a great one from my uh, second wife. And see, I'd learned about the power of saying no um, from my first, uh, my counselor and after my first divorce. And I'll never forget, we were sitting in the kitchen uh, two to three years into the marriage, and we're having a disagreement. We learned a confrontation model. She'd gone to his wife, who was a counselor, um, learned the same skills, and so we knew how to do this. And at one point, she turned to me and she goes, would you stop being so goddamn boundaried and just tell me what you think and feel? <laughs> no. <laughs> and I paused and I looked at the ceiling, you know, that old popcorn texture, and I'm like, don't do it, Kenny. Don't do it. Don't, you can't go there. And then that, that same codependent enmeshed trauma voice jumps up. Yeah, but I want her to like me. I want her to love me. Isn't the loving thing to do to give her what she wants? Isn't that what love is? And so I drop my boundaries and, and, you know, you start swearing and you just start speaking off the cuff and, and you start blaming and, and you, because all confrontation is to tell you about yourself. It's not them. Whenever you're angry at somebody, it's just about you. Yeah. And, and I don't, you, we don't have time to get into that, but you can pick any situation. I can show you how it's you who's the problem, not them. Always. Yeah. And so that's what dropping your boundaries does. And well, it, it led to me literally losing my mind. I, I'd have these really dark, you know, because once you start to say yes, there are these little yeses creep in, small little yeses. And eventually she started having an emotional affair with somebody she was running a company with. And we went back to our counselor. I was like, you got to give this up. You got to give this up. Uh, the marriage, and he was going, come on, you have to give this up. And she said, no. She goes, I'll do it for six months, but this is his issue. He's got to get over it. But I'll, I'll give it up for six months. And if it's still an issue for him, then he's got to deal with it. Well, you'd think I'd leave, you, you know, yeah. but 
that's what yes does to you. Yeah. It makes you incredibly codependent. Now I was playing pro. I'd given up. I had stopped working. She had wanted me to play pro golf, so I quit my job, wanted to play pro golf. I'm relying on her financially, emotionally, everything in my life because I kept saying yes. yes. And now my whole life is tied to her. I couldn't leave. And I'd have these dark episodes where I'd get overcome with this. Literally, I, I would see a tsunami come towards me. And for two or three days, I'd, I'd literally be comatose, not really awake. I even had a buddy of mine who one time called me in the middle of the last one. He goes, have you been drinking again? I guess I was slurring. I don't know. I wasn't conscious. And, and I went to the Amen Clinic, went to all these experts who dumped me, filled, with, filled me with prescriptions and everything. And the truth is, and, and that's part of what drove me to being suicidal is I didn't know how to say no. And the, the reality is this. My ex-wife loved me dearly when she said no in that office because what she said was, look, Kenny, I have decided that you and this marriage no longer hold a priority in my life. This job and this other man does. That was loving. She told me authentically what mattered to her. I chose to ignore it. I went into denial, self-victimization, everything, yelled, screamed, and I victimized us both for the next year until we finally split up. But wait, isn't the relationship the most important thing? What? Re wait, the relationship I was manipulating her into? Where's the relationship? Exactly. I was abusing the hell out of her. Yeah, exactly. And That's she, of course, she did it bad. I mean, it was mutual, but... Uh, that where's the relate? Where am I being relatable? Yeah, I'm not even there because I'm going against who I am as a person. I'm agreeing to things that don't work for me because I want her to like me. Right. I want her to think I'm nice and loving. Meanwhile, I'm being you're passive the night, aggressive. You're, you're the knight in shining armor. Exactly. Look at what I put up with. You're having an affair. <laughs> you're and you spend two months without even seeing me in in another state, and I put up with that. Aren't I sweet and loving? Bullshit. I didn't want anyone in my life. And so I made sure of it. I made sure of it. Yeah. I let her do that versus going, oh, I hear what you want is to start a business in another state and spend most of your time there. Well, I guess where I am in my life is I want someone in my life on a daily basis. So I guess this doesn't work for me. I guess we'll split up. Not that you're a bad person, but I guess your needs have changed since when we first met. Good for you. Thanks for being honest, but this is who I am and what I want. Well, I didn't say that. Instead, I tried to manipulate her and make her think I was nice. Because there's – there are the conversations that we have out loud. Mm, yeah. And then there's the conversations we have in here. Yeah. And uh, that's the work of a lifetime is to getting those two to match and that's the process my book shows you how to do. And see, that is just so compellingly yeah. powerful. Um, it's, uh, it's a really interesting journey. Mm -hmm. um, what's the reality of saying no? I mean, you know, what, when, you, when you stake that claim, when you plant that flag, you know, what's, you know. It's love. It's love. <clears throat> because... It's like the other story I tell of when she and I were first dating and I told her, I said, look, I have huge codependency issues. My parents were late a lot, so I can't be late. I freak out. It's not your issue. It's not. Our, but if we make plans to leave at seven, I need to leave at seven. So I don't freak out and then blame you. And she's like, well, I'm always 30 minutes late. I'm like, okay, fine. But this is me. <laughs> so you I'm know? leaving. <laughs> so we made plans one morning. She's over at my apartment. We made plans to go out and, you know, seven o'clock, we're going to go out. 
Well, I look at look in on her about three, five minutes before seven. She's nowhere near getting ready. Well, what's the normal response? You go screaming and yelling. I told you seven o'clock was important to me. Blah blah. You know what's this? You don't care, right? Soon as it hit seven o'clock, I stood up, grabbed my keys, didn't say a word, walked out the door, and drove to the restaurant. Ten, fifteen minutes later, I get a text. Where are you? I'm on my way to dinner. <laughs> what do you mean? I said, What do you mean? She goes. Well, why didn't you tell me? And I said, oh, I did. When? This morning. I said, I told you I leave at 7. I guess you decided. I don't know. You haven't told me. Maybe you made other plans I'm not aware of. But I guess you decided 7 doesn't work for you. So I know I want to go to dinner. Remember, I'm meeting my needs and wants. I want to go to dinner. I'd love it if you came. So hopefully I'll see you there. Well, Right on time, 30 minutes late, <laughs> she shows up. Now, be, and that's fine. See, that's the value. She was saying, no, I don't want to be there at 7. Right. So that's loving. We were both walking in who we are. But here's what happened. This is part of why we ended up getting married. Is because of my authenticity of who I am and walking in that, she thought about it and she went, wait a minute. He doesn't drink. If I want to drink, I've got a driver. He also won't allow me to touch a door, pull out a chair, or put on my coat. I like that. I like those old-fashioned values. That's kind of cool. I don't have to pay for gas. So she started looking at all these things, and she went, wait a minute. If I show up at 7, this is pretty good shit. Like, I get a lot out of this. (laughs) Over the course of our marriage, I think she was late three times. She made a choice in her own character. Based on your authenticity. Authenticity. That's what no gives you. Now, let's say she didn't do that. Well, me being a person back then who couldn't handle being late, I would have, I would have broken up. I can't have that in my life. I was too broken at that point to settle for that. Well, isn't that wonderful? Now we both get to move on to somebody else that fits us better. Yeah. So where's the problem in saying no? See how yes becomes the problem? Because now what, what most people in that do would bitch and moan and try and coerce and make the other person change. And eight years later, like once I started saying yes, we end up in a divorce. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? It's, um, life is not perfect. Even the greatest relationships have uh, have. <laughs> moments on a day-to-day basis. Sure. And, uh, and it's a matter of, of comprehending when the yeses are, uh, are against our values, against that conversation where, um, where it, um, it cultivates a resentment. And here's the I, – I, I give that in the book. It's really simple. Here's how you know when you should say yes. Pardon me. You say yes. When you know, will you think through and go, will I ever throw this back in their face? Will I ever use it as a bargaining chip? No? Okay. Say yes. Or sometimes one day it's a yes, one day it's a no, depending on your mood or what I call your reserves. Well, if your reserves are low, you better say no. You know, meaning I can put, you know, sometimes like, God, I just don't want to watch a movie. Other days it's like, I'm not really in the mood, but I have the, you know what, I want to hang out with you. I'll go to a movie. Sure. Well, then say yes, because you're not going to throw it in their face. So (laughs) that's the key. Think through that first, and then you'll know when to say no. That's a, that's a, that's a huge tool. So, um, so no is the language of love. Yes is the language of codependence and um, high probability based on culture 
of resentment, mm -hmm. that's personal stuff. How do you use no at work? In business? Yeah. Well, um, obviously, when someone has a position of power over you, you can't exercise a no. I mean, there, there are, unless it goes against your morals and values, you know, of who you are, then yeah. you have to go to HR and go, look, whether it's a religious objection or sexual, whatever it is, you can exercise a no there. There are times where you're going to have to say yes to things to a boss that you disagree with. But then the other question is, here's, here's, here's where you get into the real answer. Why did I end up in this job where I have a boss? <laughs> because you picked it. Yeah. Now ask yourself, what in your history does this look exactly like? Mom, dad, co some experience. That's why you ended up there. You're reliving it on purpose to teach yourself something. That's why nothing's ever – you run into you know, that's any problem at work. <laughs> you got to look at you and go, I picked this place. I grabbed it. Oh, well, it's someone referred me. No. You, no. If, when you learn the steps I talk about and learn how to look for it, you're going to see, oh, my God. I ended up here because of that. Wow. Yeah. Well, then you may find – in time, you realize this is this job. As I talk about the chapter on work, this job's working against me. Now I got to go set up and put myself in another place to move into a career that works better for me, and then I'll exercise my no. Right? Yep. That's ex that's exactly it. Yeah. That's I mean, and <laughs> those are two aspects of life that are humongous yeah. um, and really important. Um, another aspect of life is time. Hmm. And we are very nearly out of it, which boggles my mind. And I'm so thankful that I have a weekly show so that we can come back and have another conversation about this because there's more in the book for us to cover. Um, but before we go, uh, two things. Uh, one is, and I realize because I haven't actually said anything about this on my own show, how to get a hold of me or reach me or, or, or read me or whatever else. It's like, duh. <laughs> yeah, all three shows, you've never said a dang thing. <laughs> well, you know what? I've been, I've been kind of really into Kenny Weiss and, and what you're bringing to the table. So for me, my blog is at hpowermarketing.com slash blog. I know truly original. Um, I do an awful lot of writing on LinkedIn, and you can find me under uh, my name, Peter Feinstein. There are actually, as to the best of my knowledge, only two of us on LinkedIn named Peter Feinstein. So that's kind of cool. Um, I'm on Facebook, and um, I write a lot of stuff that's spiritually based and um, A Course in Miracles based and a few other things based and sometimes just off base. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and then uh, my company uh, has a Twitter page, H Power Marketing. And uh, that's, uh, that's the vast bulk of what we do. I think we have a YouTube channel, but I don't post anything to it, but I think my staff does. And that's, I think, higher power marketing. Gosh, you know, if I get that wrong, well, then you're going someplace else. Um, but I'm going to let, let the last minute and a half of the show go to Kenny to re retell you uh, where you can find him and then let you know that we'll be back next week. So, Kenny. Yeah, thanks again. Uh, Kenny Weiss, W-E-I-S-S. -S. Phone number is 480-729-3270. Website, www.coachkennyweiss.com. Facebook and LinkedIn, it's Kenny Weiss. Um, Instagram, it's Kenny Weiss Coach. 
uh, YouTube. It's either Kenny Weiss or Life Co- Kenny Weiss Life Coach. And then the name of the book on Amazon is Your Journey to Success, How to Accept the Answers You Discover Along the Way. How to Accept the Answers You Discover Along the Way. So to me, that says I got a conversation going on in my head and coming out my mouth and the enjoyment of that process, that journey, is getting them to pair up. And that's going to be a lot of what we're going to talk about in the next show. Come back next week. We'll be here. This has been Business Rules with Peter Feinstein, my, my guest this week, Kenny Weiss. Thanks and have a great day. We'll talk soon. Bye. Thank you for tuning into Business Rules. Be sure to join Peter Feinstein for another enlightening program next Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a winning week.